Hi fam, welcome to Unlaced Project. I'm your host Steph with co-host BT, where we unlace creatives, entrepreneurs, athletes, and the stories that make them who they are. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and follow and like us on Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your favorite pods. With us here today, we have Brittany Amaku. She is near and dear to both of us. Um, we both um, grew up with her and both played alongside of her. Um, she's one of the best to do it out there. She's one of the best point guards out there. Um, Brittany then came um, and coached under me in her first coaching gig, um, which was a blessing because in my first years of coaching, you, you don't usually find an assistant that well polished already. So it was a blessing for, for me to find Brittany and Baku again um, and that our paths connected again. Um, Brittany is a college basketball player herself. She played at um, San Jose State. Um, she began her coaching journey with me at, a, at the high school level, and she's now worked her way up to the collegiate level where she's a, a college assistant coach at Cypress College. So here's Brittany. What, what, what's, up? what's up? I'm happy to be on today, uh, especially with you two. So um, I'm excited about today. Look forward to answering these questions and just having a good dialogue. Yeah. Before we get it started, I gotta give B her props. Um, so Brittany was my point guard in high school. Um, and I was the shooting guard, the small shooting guard. And I had this itch to always shoot the ball and put it up. And I was like, look, I'm trying to get picked up. I'm trying to get a look. I need a point guard that's gonna dime it to me every time. And needless to say, B came in and I put up major numbers that year. And she's really the reason why I was able to earn a scholarship um, to con continue on at the D1 level. So I tell everybody that like, I got to where I am because I had a great point guard, like who gave it to me. Uh, so I just had to put that out there, which I think has a lot to do with how successful you've been as a coach. Mm -hmm. Um you know, just those characteristics and qualities that, that you have carried over. So anyway, I had to, I had to put that spin, give you your prop look, here. Hey, look, I ain't gonna take all the credit. She made my job easy. <laughs> A lot of the time I'll pass it and I'm backpedaling because I know it's going in. And when you have, <laughs> when you have somebody like that on your wing, it's easy to give them the ball. It's easy to feed them. It makes your job a lot easier because you know where it's supposed to go and how to read the defense and break them down. So that was easy. Um, it was fun. Playing on VT, I think it's nothing like it. Um, having a backcourt mate like that. There's only a couple that I've had that I say, yeah, they make it easy and they make you want to work hard and make you want to put defense in bad positions so that you can set them up. And I love setting my teammates up. That was yep. mainly number one for me. That's all I wanted to do. The show. Appreciate it. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Brittany and I's experience a little different because we played when we were younger. We were still yeah. high. So we were still like the battle for who was actually the shortest on the squad. And, <laughs> and that was who was going to bring the ball up. But But no, in all seriousness, back to coaching. Um, Brittany was, so I, I, I coached alongside my dad in my, when I first began. And when my dad passed away, I was getting heavy heat for to replace his spot, you know, as an assistant. And I didn't hire anybody for months, for months, because that's a, to me, that was a, a big chair, chair to fill. 
you know, not anyone can come and sit in, in pop spot. Um, so Brittany came to my mind because Brittany is the definition of loyalty and trust mm -hmm. and someone who's been there and been there for me and for my dad and my family. So I knew that if someone was going to carry the torch and continue to help the program that, that I was coaching and grow, it would be Brittany. And really, I gave her no option to say no. Um, I said, Brittany, you're coaching for me. <laughs> and she didn't want to. But this is where we'll get into your side of the story. Um, so we've said enough. It's time to hear you speak. So oh, no. It, it was a crazy day how that happened. I mean, uh, getting that opportunity. I, I was going through a lot in my life at that time. Shoot, I think it was 2011. I had just lost my, my, my best friend, somebody that knew me. I grew up hooping with. Like, you knew me like the back of my hand. Uh, and I was working at the movie theater at that time. And Steph and her mom popped in the movie theater. It was so weird. They came in. <laughs> and, and then we started talking. And then next thing I know, I'm coaching at Calvary. Yeah, I didn't really want to do it, but I needed it. Like I always tell her, I was like, she saved me and those kids saved me. It was the best thing that happened for me. Like I needed that at the time in my life because I wasn't doing ball. I wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, it was no part of my life anymore in, in that moment. Uh, but it, was, it just worked out great. I mean, the best six years I had, it definitely made me better as a coach now for sure because I had to learn how to coach kids that don't have as much experience, experience as me. Mm -hmm. um I'm a very passionate person um once a kid yeah <laughs> once a kid commits to me and I'm working with that kid they become family because I'm very yeah. family oriented Absolutely. especially for basketball sisterhood is important like I want them to know it's bigger than basketball and mm -hmm. I have had good coaches that have left an impact on my life and I want to do the same for kids uh that's why I wore this shirt today it says leave your legacy uh we had okay. this at Calvary um and it reminds me especially when I'm down, I'll wear this shirt. Like I'm supposed to be impacting them. I'm supposed to make them better. I'm preparing them for after basketball, mm -hmm. teaching them lessons within it so that they can do a great job. I really, that's where I pride myself on. Am I impacting them in the right way? Are they seeing the love, but also understanding that I got to push them. And I tell kids that all the time when I recruit them, understand I'm passionate, I'm intense, but it's only, be, it's coming from a good place. Absolutely. It's coming from a place where it's care, it's love, but I've had coaches that have pushed me, but I didn't feel the love, but I have coaches mm -hmm. that have done the balance. And that definitely comes from two coaches that come to mind. Coach Margaret Moore at Cypress College, who I'm working under now, and it took her years to get me there. And um, Coach Tamara Motson, um, she recruited me to San Jose State. Um, and I think you need somebody to believe in you to give you that chance. And I think I got that chance and I made the best of it. So this styles of coaching, we've always, we all from our playing days, experience different styles of coaches so you have that one style that that coach is like I'm gonna break you completely down and I'm gonna build you how I want you to be mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you have that other, other coach who's like okay I'm gonna meet you where you are and take you where you want to go mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. with this generation of kids it's like what style works the best yeah because yeah. our generation more times than not it was the, I'm gonna break you down. I'm gonna ride yep. you. I'm gonna shake all that off of you, the skeleton off of you and rebuild you. Yeah. So with this generation, how do you approach these kids? Like, what does that style look like? Every kid is different. Mm -hmm. um, like I ask the kids, like I start out one way where I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna break you down mm -hmm. style. 
And then if I see I'm not getting the results I need, are they shutting down? Then that's when we really had that conversation where I'll just call them every night. Like, how's school going? Mm-hmm. Have you been watching any games? Um, I'll send them clips of workouts. And then at that point, as we're building that confidence and that relationship, how do you want me to approach you? What works best for you? Mm-hmm. And as they tell me that. Giving them a voice. I'm mm-hmm. giving them a voice and it's easier. And then it, that's it. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely, it takes a give and take, but you got to get to know them. I have to put in a lot of extra time to do that. Extra works at workouts, coming in early, us just going to eat and chopping it up. And it's not even about basketball. It's just about life and family so that they know I care. Cause a lot of times people just want to know you care and those walls will start coming down. Cause I'm big too. I didn't know that you care about me before mm-hmm. I'm going to run through a wall for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that, that approach, that old school approach don't work with everybody. It works yeah. with those kids that are gym rats and that loves basketball. We have some kids that love it, but don't love it as much. They play because they have the talent and everybody tell them they should do it. And then you have those kids that aren't as skilled, but they love the game so much that they're willing and they're open to that type of passion and that type of coaching. Mm-hmm. So you just got to find your way through the middle and figure out what type of kids you have and what's going to work for you. Some kids just can't take it. We always tell kids, come to a game and watch us coach. Yeah. That's and I tell that important. kids all the time, you need to watch that kid, that, that uh, coach, coach those players. When I went to Calvary, I said, I would never be that coach that give up on kids. Mm-hmm. And she gave up on us. So I always promise myself on it. I'm never going to give up no bad, no matter how bad the situation is, no matter how season is going, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep fighting and figure out a way because mm-hmm. kids need that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Much bigger than dribbling this ball on the court up and down. Dribbling, and like so yes. many times that kid that you spend the most time on and have the most or the hardest conversations with that takes the most time to find that common ground is the kid that sticks with you for the majority of their life, you know, beyond mm-hmm. the time that you coach them. I feel like that, that never fails. Yeah. They're the ones that come back. But... So is there a coach that you study? Definitely starting to realize like I need to study more. I find myself more recognizing what type of sets coaches run at the end of the games, mm. um, looking at the type of coaches, their demeanor. Do I want to be a coach that sits? Do I want to be a coach that stands? Do I want to be a coach that is very passionate? And I do study Shaka Smart a lot because okay. I feel like I connect with him more, his passion coach at Arizona, mm-hmm. Coach Barnes, um, just her passion yeah. and how she communicates with her players. I'm like, I can connect with that. And if I can connect with a coach like that, I'm like, that's where I want to be. And that I've always loved Doc Rivers and the way he coaches, mm-hmm. um, just his style. But as far as bouncing ideas of how coaches approach things, um, I use my coach, Coach T, a lot of the time, Coach Motsi. Um, I'm always bouncing ideas off of her and, and deciding how I want to run my program because I don't want to be assistant forever. So now I'm trying to figure out how do I want to run my program? What do I want to do every day? I don't want to communicate with my players. So I always ask her, how does she handle situations? And of course, me and Coach Moore always talk. But I just recently got in contact with um, Coach April Phillips. Uh, She's going back to Arizona this year. So she's a good recruiter. And I've noticed that on social media because social media is so huge for these kids. And I just reached out to her. So in July, I'm supposed to meet up with her and figure out what she does so well to connect with kids and recruit. So I think learning from her would help and also just the way they defend. And I'm really focusing on the defensive side. I'm still going to help on the offensive side, but defensively, I think we need to get better and stop people. So that's my focus this year. So she's like a defensive coach. So I need to know what drills they do. 
I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be good at what I do. So I find myself studying that a lot as well. That's interesting. For what would you say you have a player that's listening to, to our podcast today and they're like in a situation with their coach and just don't know how to approach them? What's the best way to approach a coach as a player? I think one thing when you go into a conversation with a coach, you definitely got to have a coach that you know is on your side. There's always going to be like three or four coaches on the staff. You always got to have one coach that you connect with. That way you can have those hard conversations with and she comes into the meeting or he comes in the meeting with you. But you got to have that conversation with the head coach because the head coach makes the final decision in the end. So I coming in, I always say, write down what you want to say. Because sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, you forget what you want to say. And I would say, coach, can we talk? But can I let me talk and finish everything I got to say before you respond back? Because coaches don't know how you feel if you don't tell them. They right. just assume. And sometimes right. it's bad on our part to assume because we don't really know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they say when you assume, you make an A of yourself. Absolutely. Oh, some of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I think sometimes coaches need to give the kids the floor. They need to have a voice because if they don't have a voice, are they able to do what you want them to do on the floor? Mm-hmm. You need a you need a coach on the floor that you're just connected with, and you just you just know. And I think with Coach Moore that year, we won. We were just on the same page. We knew. We talked every night after a game. Things we need to improve on. What is working? What's not? And she actually listened to me, which made me say, "Okay, I trust her at the end of the game right. to put us in the right position." But also know she trusts me right so I always tell kids that play point guard or play guard because now it's combo guard it's not really a true Everyone's point guard a combo. yes <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. a combo guard if you play guard you have to be in tune with that coach mm-hmm. she has to know what you like to go to what what is your strength I tell that kid all the time what do you like to do do you like screens or you like coming off screens what do you like to do um so I think just having that conversation so that coach then knows okay this is a kid I need to talk to. I can't just sit back and just make them do things and they don't know. So kid, go in there and have that conversation. Coaches always say there's an open door policy. Test them. Is there really an open door policy? Like, like you told me in a recruiting visit. Because I'll like tell it. you, they tell you stuff in recruiting visit and it's not completely mm-hmm. 100. Tell I'm still know. waiting on a couple pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. <laughs> right yeah (laughs) all that all those empty all those empty promises Promises. that's Uh so funny oh one quick thing that's why i tell you generation different these kids want you to promise them that they gonna start i cannot promise you you're gonna start because i don't know how you're gonna size up to somebody else i was the type put me in the best gym with the best player you have no choice you You have no choice but to to start start me start me yeah (laughs) So that's the juggling that is got hard, it. but I always tell the kids, I can't promise that you gotta, you gotta show me, make me a believer. Yeah. So I say, make somebody believe in you that's right. and ride with you. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So what's your ultimate goal? Like where does coach B want to go? Ultimate goal. I want to be a head coach at the Juco level, just teaching. Cause I like to teach. So I get to teach still. And then also get to coach best things to do teach 50 minutes and I'm done with that class and now it's on to basketball what I love to do and I was a kid of that path so I think me being a kid of that path I can show kids the way and help them understand you don't have to settle 
You do not have to settle because you don't get the offer you want. There's other paths you can stay, still take to get to where you want to be. Um, one year, two year, whatever it takes, you still need to grow and get better. And just don't realize that, oh, because it's a four-year school, but it's a D3, I got to go there. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. If you believe that you better, take the JUCO route mm -hmm. and then get to where you want to go. So JUCO is the perfect fit for me. So the stigma is still out there. I know we discussed it. Stigma strong. Yeah. The, the stigma strong. on a JUCO, JUCOs, junior college, and Division three as well. Um, even Division twos. Mm -hmm. the, the per... The, Kids have to go Division One. That's their perception. Um, so yeah, the stigma for JUCO Division Three, Division Twos is extremely strong. So I believe the question she was going to ask is, how do you highlight the JUCO and what it can provide for the kid and help them understand that this is a great stepping stone to potentially Division One or what's next on their their basketball journey? Well, and before you answer that, can we just all say that we attended JUCO and went to a high right, level? Right, we all. So can, yeah, we, can we, we all admit it, it can that? Happen. We all yes. took that step. We all took that step, and it's it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. But you know what? Like it was for us, everybody <laughs> asks you, where are you going? What school are you uh -huh. going to? And then you get that look or that disappointment, like, well, you going to JUCO? I do think it's worse now for kids mm -hmm. to say mm -hmm. they're going JUCO than it was yeah. for us, because That's a lot true. of us still got out. Whereas mm -hmm. that fear of what if I go JUCO and I don't give out, get, well, get out, I think that fear is there. Is the perception because kids Absolutely. nowadays, they have to have this like crazy production video of on right. Instagram that announces the college they're going to. Or high school. How about that? Or the high school they're going to even. <laughs> yeah. They can't make the production video for a JUCO. You know, it don't match Homeboy's video who made one for Kentucky. Yeah. You know, they don't want to post that. It, it's definitely making JUCO step it up a little more because mm -hmm. I think this is the first year on social media that we created like a commitment flyer with a kid picture with our background. Oh, okay. that'll help. Yeah. That helps. Uh, yes. so, so, yeah. Yeah, we're getting in the game, stepping up a little bit because kids want that type of stuff. They mm -hmm. want the pictures with the T-shirt on. Yeah. Where can a lot of parents ask, where can we get a Cyber C-shirt? We need that, you mm -hmm. know. So we've had to have extra gear <laughs> to send them that stuff to be able to do it. Um, I think I tell kids a lot of time. Right now, the good thing about California Junior College is the Promise Grant. So with the Promise Grant, you get two years free as long as you graduate from a California high school. I mean, completely free, oh. parents pay nothing. So I tell kids a lot of That's time- private or public? Private or public, yeah. Hmm. And I tell the kids a lot of time, if you not get an offer you want, and it's not really a school you want to go to, why not go to school for free, come to junior college, and then get something better? Maybe it's a partial at a D2. Now your parents only paying half costs. So that's when we talk to the parents and the kids about the money situation. Mm -hmm. um, also tell them- and I'm honest when I said, right now, you're not ready for this level. But if you come and develop and you put in the work, there's a better opportunity for you. Right. But I think what also doesn't help us or it hurts us a little bit is the fact that the number of D2s, D1s, uh, D3s, they don't take a lot of JUCO kids. They only have a set number that they're going to take every year. So the competition is higher. So I understand the fear. But in the end, the kids have to be confident enough in their skill to take that risk. You also have to be honest with yourself. Those I honest conversations, I yeah. think, is the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem because you scoring 20 in high school is not the same 
yeah. when Chop you get to junior college. Halfway ten. Half it. Half it. Because the skill is higher, the game yeah. is faster, the players are better. Every level you go to is a step up. Mm-hmm. so if you're not honest with yourself it's hard and I tell the kids a lot of times you can't come to a junior college averaging six points shooting 30 percent from the field and about you from the free throw and say I'm going d1 but let alone say you're going d2 no you're going d3 with those numbers I'm sorry to tell you you're going AIA. d3 if you're averaging six in high school you know so that's and I'm, I'm telling those kids that uh the, the honest conversation and I think these club coaches no disrespect to club coaches, but I think we have lost our way a little bit with, as far as development and telling kids where they really can go. We're selling these dreams of, yeah, you can go D1 if you play for my travel ball team. We're going to mm-hmm. go to this tournament, this tournament. No, but are you playing the best when you go into those tournaments? Mm-hmm. Are you going to the right tournaments? Yeah, you go. Mm-hmm. So I think there has to be more of a connection when it comes to that too. Like, mm-hmm. We all need to work together as opposed to working separately because, because this coach told this kid something. Now I'm telling her something else and she don't know who to believe. And of course, I'm going to believe the person that I'm giving all that money to because I want the results. I don't really know you. So I think it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard to sell it, but I try my best to sell it. And I always use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. I use myself as an example. And then a couple of kids that we had good success with. Um, and then just hopefully they buy in and they believe it. But nowadays, parents let the kids make the decisions. And sometimes that decision is too big for a kid to make on their own. I'm sorry. They 18. They don't have any responsibility. Yeah. They don't know how to make those huge decisions, how to weigh the pros and cons. Yeah. So I just don't always think it. Yeah. How many times can you say that you recruit a kid, they tell you that they believe that they're higher, you know, division one, two, et cetera. And you keep pursuing, you invite them down to open run. They get out there and play. And then they come to you like, it's going to be just right. That the perception changes real fast when they step on the court. How often do you see that? You know, surprisingly, I don't see it as much. No. Because again, I think kids are not honest with themselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those hard conversations. So I I actually just talked to Coach more about that. And I said, we need to have those honest conversations with kids in our program. Mm-hmm. here's where I see you here's what you can honestly get um because a lot of kids are so disappointed when the calls don't come when the letters don't come and I've been in that position and I always remind coach Moore, our path is di- different but please understand we still have those goals so when they don't happen happen we feel so disappointed so discouraged um so if we're preparing them the whole year like this is where you are and we're having those conversations every three months or two months because we need to have it to remind them, like, you said you want this. You said you want this school, but these numbers don't get you this school. Mm-hmm. It would help them when it's time to sign later. Absolutely. Um, and then these high school kids, I look at stats and I, I'm honest and I tell them, like, eh, you still have holes in your game. Mm-hmm. So I, I do when I go see a kid, I say, oh, my God, you did this so well but you still need to work on this, 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 this. And they always laugh like, coach, you coaching me. I said, yeah, because I want you to know. I'm not here just to sell you all these roses. Like, oh, you do this great. You do this great. Because there's things you need to work on. I'm here to be honest and be me. And when I'm me, then you can get a feel for who I am and decide if this is where you want to be and if somebody you want to be coached by. I think that goes to 
and we talk about this a lot in, in ABA, our, our academy that we have, um, the business side, right? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of, because it is a child's game, a lot of kids and a lot of parents are unaware that this is a business and that a lot of coaches' salaries are paid off of wins and success. And so their job is to recruit the players that will give them better chances of success um, or else they lose their job. So Mm -hmm. it comes down to, to a business and that means you have to produce produce um, you have and that's what it is you you either produce or you don't and those that do more times than not will get picked up get noticed um, but if you don't then let's find another pathway for you right mm-hmm. um, and I think I think especially this generation those kid kids need an alternative um, especially the ones like us who grew up playing basketball since we were you know four or five years old where it's mm-hmm. like, this is all I know. I mm-hmm. play AAU. I went to school. I came home, That's had practice, it. and did the same <laughs> yeah. thing on the weekends. We were traveling, doing basketball. Yeah. So it's kind of opening the door and the light to show that, like us, you can still be around sports. We not, we're not playing professionally, even though some have experience here. But there are other routes that you can take and still be connected to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that is so critical. And, and it's a piece that's missing in the AU market. It's a piece that's missing in the high school market. Um, and by the time they get to college to introduce that can be tough. That can be very, that reality yeah. is tough. That really, I tell kids that a lot of time, I say Cyprus is so different because you're going to get the nurturement but you also don't get us on you. Whereas at the next level, sometimes you don't get that nurturing aspect oh, because no. got to get the results. So you got to understand, you step yeah. it, come ready. And yeah. I was like, you, you learn that later uh, in life. And I think that's where coaches have to prepare kids more. They're not prepared. Like you said, we got to prepare yeah. and we got to do a better job preparing them so that they know and they can still succeed and not give up. A lot of times kids just give up and say, I'm just not going to play no more. This ain't for me. Oh, what would be your advice for a new rookie up and coming coach? What, what, what are some of those things that they should focus on um, when either having their own program or coming into a program like you did with, with Steph, what are those things that they should focus on? I think just don't lose yourself. Like make sure you stay true to you. Mm -hmm. um, Cause there's, there's a reason you're there. There's something you're good at. Same thing like when you play, everybody had their strengths and weaknesses. Really use your strengths when you're coming in. And then as you get more years in, you can start working on the weak weaknesses, but use the strengths to, to help the kids and to help the coaching staff that you're on. And just make sure it's the right place. Make sure that the person that you're following is the right type of person you want to follow and the coach you strive to be. Because if you're in the wrong program and you're not, in a program and that type of the coach that's leading you is not where you want to strive to be, then I would definitely say, get out of that program and find another one. Um, they have to be leading the right way. I think that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And enjoy it. Don't you lose the game. We're still kids of the game too. We still love it. We still get excited. Um, just being able to balance all that, I think will help. Cause leave an imprint. I always say leave an imprint impact the kids lives in some type of way. Beyond basketball coaches, beyond, beyond basketball. basketball, right? 
Let's keep yeah. it there. So we have a thing here that we do with at Unlace Project is that after we unlace each person, so today it's Brittany, um, we like to connect them back to a shoe that reminds us of you. Um, that just, yeah, it's the shoe connection. So yeah. your shoe B, your shoe is the Kobe 4 Wizard Nard. And we chose this shoe because the Wizard is based off of Kobe Bryant's um, Wizard series training camp, or yeah, training camp. And the Wizard is this um, coach that comes in and influences these young kids um, and changes their lives, transforms them beyond basketball. You know, he changes these kids' lives. So you are the Wizard and oh, this is yeah. your shoe. This is the shoe that fits you. Um, it's also fitting for you because it's a low top and you low to the ground. So, you know, that's just, thank that's you. Just we both right low there. to the ground, man. Uh, yeah. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> those are fire. I think I can take those. I'm going to cut me some of those. Those represent me. I need to coach on a pair of those this year then. So then <laughs> hey, I can get the yeah. question. So I can get the questions and then I can say, Hey, check out the unlaced project. Right. Yep. And then Podcast. explain the shoe. That's right. Oh yeah. I like those. I'm at the cop song. Yep. You're the wizard art. <laughs> I'm the wizard art. All right. All right. Well, you've been unlaced. Hey. Yep. That's right. Coaches, leave your legacy. You heard Coach B out here. Make it more than just basketball, right? It's about developing these kids, building their character. <laughs> but we appreciate you and you'll have to come back. Yeah, for sure. Definitely have me on again. All right. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Unlaced Project. Thank you for listening to this episode. Talk soon.